Hello and welcome to Dyna Bros, your official reacts of the Dynamo Faithful podcast. I'm your guest host, Kyle, and I'm here with Scroggins to talk about the thrilling 1-0 victory over New York City FC. The streak is on, the shell is a fortress, and Sebas sits again. Scroggins, instant reaction. How are you feeling about this one? Uh, I I mean, despite our our um, our DP striker still on the bench, I feel really good about this. Um, I feel extraordinarily good about this win. Uh, NYCFC, they're no chumps. Um, they're a great team, and we just suffocated them. We just uh, we were all over them on every inch of the field and didn't give them a single chance. It was great. I loved it. It really was great. I think it was awesome to see how like dominant again Arthur and HH and Brooklyn Reigns looked in the midfield. Like it wasn't even a question of who was the better midfield tonight. And you know, Brooklyn Reigns for you know listeners, everybody knows, but just a reminder, the kid's 18 years old. Like yeah, he stepped in and filled some incredibly big shoes with Coco being absent. How did you think he looked? Um I think he looked fantastic. Uh, he's, I think I saw somebody tweeted, said he's like 18 years old in like 14 days or something ridiculous like that. First teenager to start for our club um, in a MLS match. Fantastic. I thought he looked great. Um, I don't think that he looked bad at all. Um, I, I mean, he wasn't Coco. But he played that role really well. He brought the energy level that was needed. He uh, pressed him and Baird did a great job of of being the first line of the press, I think, in this game. That was what kept catching my eye, is they just set up on either side of Keaton Parks and just begin, use their position to, like, dictate which way uh, New York would pass the ball and kept forcing them to pass it to the wings. And then, uh, yeah, um, and then he he just kept running and running, popped up into good spots. Um the only thing that I think I could say that he did wrong was um, when we intercepted that pass. I can't remember who intercepted it. And then Reigns ended up with it in the box, kind of volley off of his chest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he should have laid that off to Corey Baird. I think and Corey was like screaming for it afterwards. Um, but, but you know, as an 18-year-old with a shot in the box right. to score on your debut, I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, I he saw he saw the moment. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I I can't uh, I can't fault him for that. Yeah, by any means. Yeah, that's like playing pickup, and you just like happen to catch a a kind bounce at like thirty five yards out. You just got a half volley. It like you know it's not going in, but you just have to hit it because you're like, I'm gonna think about this later if I don't hit this. You know, he yeah, had to. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. So Bossy stepped up again and took the penalty, which was reviewed by VAR, given as a foul on Hector Herrera in the box, which was a, a good involvement from Brooklyn Reigns to help set that move up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bossy steps up and buries it right off the inside of the post. Another really good penalty. Do you think he's kind of solidifying his role in the team after these two, you know, pretty good back to back games from him? Bossy? Um yeah. Yeah, I think I think he looked okay. Uh maybe I don't know, maybe you can help me with some perspective on this. I think this was his worst offensive game. Um but his best defensive game. He kept popping up in passing lanes and intercepting the ball um in dangerous spots. 
uh, creating great um, transition opportunities for us. But as far as that, like, I think what we hoped him to be with like a killer final ball kind of guy. Right. I don't think he was on point tonight. I think he, his passes were just a little bit off. Um, you could see he had the right idea. Just the execution was, was lacking. What did you think? Yeah. I, I even put that in soccer text tonight is that his, his final ball is just a little bit too off right now. I think his, like his soccer brain is really good and it's just connecting it to his, like the execution of it. Cause he's seeing yeah. everything really well. And, early in the game, he was dropping in really deep and trying to get involved and create. And he was blocking off passes. And like, I feel like he sees the game really well. And I'm excited like to, as he grows into the league and the team. And, um, but I I definitely think he's making a case for like, to be a regular starter. Um, Absolutely. Especially as we have rotation with, I think I, you know, little Frankie had a kid or something, which is crazy because he is a kid himself. So um, <laughs> I just I don't understand it. But uh, yeah, I, I I thought his performance was overall really good. And I think getting another, you know, goal in his in his under, the, you know, his name is really good this early in the season. So I um, think that we are good to move right into our good, bad and ugly. We can keep this short and sweet for you and I tonight. So. We don't have to go good, bad, and ugly if we want to talk all good things, but uh, I'll start with you, Scroggins. What other good things stands out from this game? I don't, man, I don't think I can limit it to to just one thing. Um, I thought that Hector Herrera played amazing. Um, you know what? I'll say, I'll say our tour had another incredible, incredible game for us. Uh, I'll, I'll make that my good. Um, our tour is quickly, I, I texted, uh, you know, in the, in the group, uh, during the game that our tour might be our like underrated signing of the season. Um, mm-hmm. because he is incredible. He's so good. He's always in the right spot positionally, really smart. Um, I almost want to like write like a, uh, an apology letter to Columbus fans. Just, I'm, I'm sorry that we robbed him, um, from you guys. I mean, they were dumb enough to let him go, but yep. But geez, man, it's like the the value he's added to this team in improving, not just helping shield our back line. You don't have teenage having to make these crazy and wild runs into the midfield to intercept and cut things off. Um, so that solidifies our back line more. And then the way that when when Artur gets the ball, I you know, remember when Matty Vera, we get the ball and you're just like, oh, God. Yeah, here we go. It's going to be a bad pass or a back pass. Uh, but. Artur can like dribble himself out of problems and then put the ball where it needs to go. And, and uh, he is just, he's so good, man. He's, I think he had another great game. Um, And right now, like uh, our team's just a joy to watch. He never looks like uncomfortable at all. And I I know, you know, like whether he's cleaning up, he, he cleaned up one like bad teenage back pass tonight and like totally spun out of trouble, no issues and played the ball out of pressure. And then you see him at, you know, 90 minutes in the game and he's pressing up high. Like what, mm-hmm. what can't Arter do? You know, dude, Superman is awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's so good. He, uh, I, I responded to your text in the chat and I said that t- that tater tot might end up being the underrated signing of the season. But I think Arter, sure. like, I think he's got it. If he can keep this up, this like, presence in the midfield like there's there's nobody that's going to unseat his move for like offseason move of the you know move of the offseason basically yeah absolutely yeah 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. I, I'm gonna drop the bad for this one because I want to keep it positive for now. And I'm gonna do a second good here. Um, yeah, then, let's do it. And then we can we can throw in an ugly because I have one of those too. But my other good is that I think, and I know that Soccer Text agrees that this might have been Ethan Bartlow's best game as a Dynamo player. He looked yeah. so good back there tonight. He had one very good like defensive cleanup where it was a really strange bounce and the player could have easily gotten in behind him that he calmly brought down and laid back to Steve Clark. He had many clearances off of crosses uh, mm-hmm. right there at the end too. that last, you know, five, 10 minutes where things started to get slightly dicey, like he and teenage just held it down. And I think that it yeah. was a, a, very good, like the Bartlow performance that we've wanted for the last, you know, four games now. And, and mm-hmm. coming off of last week into this week, I think that he's showing up. What do you think about Ethan Bartlow? Uh, I, you know, I've been a Bartlow fan for a long time now. Um, probably wasn't the first on the Bartlow bus. Uh, that might have been Jake uh, or you. I can't remember which one of you guys started. Jake, Jake is a day one his Bartlow early. As, um, as he states. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sad, uh, a little bit sad that we're, we're signing Eric Sviachinko, um, because it, I think he's coming in to replace Bartlow. And I think that's a tragedy because Bartlow's going to grow into the gate, can potentially grow into the game, grow into the league and develop into a really quality pro player. Um, his defensive side of the game is shoring up, but he's got a passing arsenal that's better than the average center back. And, um, so as much as weird as it might be to say, I'd almost rather have uh, Eric Spiachinko come in and replace Teenage because uh, I want to see more Bartlow. That's I mean, that's what I think of him. Yeah. You know, maybe you just turned my my second good into a potential bad because it it's a good, bad problem to have. Sviachenko right. is definitely a right footed center back. And so, he, you know, you'd think naturally he's going to line up in that right center back position. Teenage seems to have his spot on lock. So, like, it's not bad that Bartlow is going to probably get a good, mature, maybe mentor out of this. Um, but you like, you yeah. can't imagine that this guy coming out of, you know, playing well in the Europa League is going to be okay with being a mentor. Like, he's going to want to be on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So, which, yeah. like, you know, at Bartlow, maybe this is the season where he understands that, like, he gets one more season of good like rotated minutes and then it's like his to own for you know the rest of his career if it pans out but yeah yeah tough call for him because he i think he looked so good tonight so okay i'm gonna move this into our ugly and um i'll kick it off here and then i'll throw it to you and see if you've got anything to add but where did eight minutes of stoppage time come from in this game i don't understand (laughs) what happened was is the ref from New York and he just like really wanted to get, you know, a, a chance as, at an equalizer here. Did I miss something? I, I know we had oh, the man. VAR yeah. review. There was a couple yellow cards, but I don't think there was anything this serious to add on eight minutes. Did I miss anything? Maybe they were using the same clocks that they used at the world cup. I don't know. Um, yeah. In fact, like my wife uh, was sitting next to me and she, she was just like eight minutes. What the heck? She's like, why do they do that? And I was like, well, babe, I think they just want New York to win. That, yep. that That's my bet. It's like the league just sent a message down and was just like, make sure New York wins this one. And and that's where we're at. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably what actually happened. That sounds about right. And you know what? We, we held out and uh, 
that's that's that is how you keep the streak alive you know is by fighting both the team and the ref and var and the clock so scroggins anything else ugly to add on here at the end before we sign off um this is the obligatory Corey Barrett's like offensive prowess i it's just hideous i I would feel remiss without just adding this in. I know I'm, this is going to be a can of worms, and we definitely need to talk about it on the full pod. But, uh, but my gosh, I like I I can see what Ben is thinking, putting Corey in that position. Right, he works hard, tries hard, team player, uh, presses, runs, never stops running, just gritty determination, great, great work ethic, and and I love it. Like that's the blue collar Houston team that we want. But at the end of the day, that guy's got to have a killer instinct in the striker position. And he just doesn't, man. Like, he yep. passes when he shouldn't, you know. Uh, he passes when he should shoot. And then, like, he'll, he'll like, when he should pass, he'll try and dribble somebody. It's just, offensively yep. speaking, he's always wrong. Like, and it's so frustrating because he's running his guts out. I can see it, right? He's running his absolute guts out, putting his body on the line. And I respect him for it. But as far as a striker goes, man, he is just not it. Yeah, that about sums it up. He is just not it as a striker. But it's so hard because I think here's the thing. We're four games into the season. Two games started with Sebas, no points. Two games started with Corey Baird, six points. Now, that's not to yeah. say that Corey Baird is the reason we've got six points in the season. But <laughs> like, it's just a weird stat that we got to bring up. I remember I saw a tweet uh, earlier, maybe in the offseason, and I can't remember who it was, so I'm sorry if uh, you're listening and I'm not attributing this to you, but somebody was talking about like getting back to the gritty style of play that Houston was known for, being rough, being yeah. rowdy, playing in the heat, and being able to dominate teams and kind of wear them out. And this person commented and said, like, that's fine, but the game has evolved, and we can't just rely on that. We have to also be technically good on the ball now, yeah. too. And yeah. that's like that's what Corey Baird is. Like he is he will work and he will fight and he will run and he will get involved and get stuck in and he will draw fouls. Is he good enough on the ball to be part of the play? Like, and I can't wait for the next episode of Dynamo Faithful. We are due a Sinski versus Emmett showdown on Sebas <laughs> versus Baird. Like we, I will, I will cede my spot on Monday night so that those two guys can go to town. <laughs> It cracks me up that Emmett like tried to add nuance to our perspective on Baird once, <laughs> and we've just pegged him as the Baird guy. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I've said more positive things about Baird, but uh, it it still goes to Emmett at this point. So absolutely, I mean, as is tradition. Yeah, he he's earned it. So well, speaking of that episode, listeners. Please tune in next week as we go through a full analysis on this game, this 1-0 win over New York City FC. I'm Kyle. Thanks, Scroggins, for joining. Thanks for listening to Dyna Bros. Stay faithful. Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful podcast. We are Chris Sinski, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Barry, Kyle McGuire, Emmett Rumfield, and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff, with marketing and design from Zach Below. Dynabot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful.